To my younger self, what's your story? To my younger self. 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 What's your story? Well, hello there. Hello and good morning. How are you doing wherever you are in the world? It is so good to see you. My name is Zoe Baraka and of course the show is To My Younger Self. It is Tuesday morning. Today is Tuesday the 6th of September. Wow, wow, wow. Look how far we have come. Good morning to everyone in America and of course, yes, uh, happy Labor Day for those of you who were enjoying yourselves yesterday, right? Uh, it is just so good to be back telling stories as always. Um, today is going to be one of those days where we've got to dig a little deeper than normal, but it's going to be fun, I promise you. Let me jump right in and uh, kind of just greet everyone that is watching from all parts of the world in different languages, especially different African languages, because like I always say, this is what we do. This is what Africans do. We are communal people. We like to greet each other. We like to love on each other and encourage each other as we go about our daily businesses, right? So greetings to you wherever you are. I just greeted you in my uh, mother tongue, which is Kosal. I think I kind of switched up the script a little bit. I hope you slept well. It is so good to see you. In Dinao to you, if you speak Ewe, Wezo to you, Efwa, it is good to see you. Let me use this session right now, as I just said, Efwa, to greet a very special, special man, um, Uncle Ben Malo. If you happen to be watching, Efwa to you, wherever you are in the world, I greet you, sir. Um, we are greeting you in the um, Akan dialect in different, different, different ethnic, uh, sub-ethnic I, I don't know what to call them, tribes. Yes, the Fanti, the Akan, the Chi, the Achim, all of that. We greet you, we greet you. Saobonani to you if you speak Zulu. South Africans, how are you? I think it's probably, um, you know, kind of going into the late afternoons where you guys are. Someone has to teach me how to say good afternoon or good night in uh, Zulu. Yes, yes, and Swahili too, right? <laughs> to you. If you speak Moshi, I greet you, I greet you. Ekaro to you, how are you doing? If you are in Nigeria, really anywhere in the world, as long as you speak Yoruba, I greet you, I greet you. Thank you for watching. 
to our God speaking friends. These are the guys who allowed us, uh, especially those of us who come from Ghana, to kind of occupy their land and do business. So we honor the land that we come from. Thank you guys for uh, just being who you are, our God speaking friends. We thank you. Nagadev to you if you speak Wolof. Hey, Yusundo, where are you? I am just manifesting greatness today. I'm mentioning all the great people and the languages I love, right? Who knows? Perhaps they might see us and <laughs> agree to be on the show to tell some stories. Jumbo to you. Habari Ghani. Habari Ya Osubwe. I am greeting you. Benjamin Dupe, wherever you are, I know you speak Swahili. So, sir, I greet you. One day you will be here telling us stories. So, hey. Katonga Namahalang to you if you speak Sosoto. I just love everyone in Botswana. I do not know why. I really don't know why. Inyasi <laughs> to you, Aloy Domilaki. I greet you. I greet you. Kotoli to you. If you speak for Foldi, of course. Bom dia to you. For those of you who speak Portuguese, bonjour, bonjourno, buenos dias, and of course, welcome, welcome, welcome. I was supposed to do a greeting in a futu, but you know what? We're going to keep that in our pocket for when uh, it's appropriate, right? <laughs> I'm very, very excited. So I'm running and running and running. Today we have termed our show. Uh, by the way, please greet me in your own local dialect. I do want to hear from you. And before we introduce our, our resident psychotherapist, my personal therapist, even though I do not pay her, I just call her and rain a lot of issues on her. So uncouth of me. <laughs> Let's greet a few people uh, that are here. Let's see who is here. Let's see who is here. Oh, producer is here. Good morning. I'm not supposed to call her by a certain title. So good morning, Elsie Dixon. I'm trying very hard. Christabel, I see you. How are you, my dear? Juliet, ooh, work allowed you to be great. I am so excited to see you here. Auntie Antoinette, thank you. Professor Audrey, I see you. Who is here? I want to hear from you. So yes. And by the way, as we're doing all of this, if you feel inclined, if you have any, like a tiny little bit of, you know, a pocket change that you want to throw our way, we're not beggars, but we, we want to continue to tell stories. We want to continue to be able to be here, you know, pay for lights, pay for the internet, wear cool t-shirts like this, and, you know, uh, pay for books that we can read to expand our vocabulary. Send us some stars. We would like that very much. And we would say thank you. And storytellers all around the world will also say thank you. So yes, hit that little star button when you are uh, making your comments. Okay. We appreciate you in advance. Ooh, coffee's here. Coffee's here. Pastor Teresa, my goodness, where have you been? It is so good to see you. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for waking up early for us. Now, let me try to uh, set the stage up a little bit. Um, everyone who knows me knows I am a storyteller. I love to hear stories. I would talk for 20 hours a day, um, even if nobody paid me. This is what I love to do. I love to hear people tell stories. I love to um, dig deeper, not as a psychotherapist like Abba is, uh, but just so people can get, get things off their chest. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was having dinner with a friend and it was out in the open, you know, one of those restaurants you go to and you can sit outside. And this 
older gentleman, a white guy, Caucasian man, he was just walking past. And the most incredible, most confusing thing happened. He walked by and then took a couple of steps back. <laughs> and he just proceeded to tell me a story. There was no ceremony. He didn't say good afternoon or, hey, how is your dinner? He didn't even acknowledge my friend who was sitting across from me. My friend was very stunned. He just kept looking like, Zoe, do you know this guy? I did not know him from anywhere. He proceeded to tell me a story about how he used to plow snow exactly where we were sitting and how it was back in the day in the 1950s in America, where we are in Nanuet, New York. It was crazy. And the funny thing is right after that, he just walked away. <laughs> he walked away, the most uncanny thing. And it's happened to me over and over and over. You, I'd just be in a grocery store, someone would stop me and just tell me a story. So I think that there is a, a beacon or something on my forehead that tells people, beep, 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 she will hear you, she'll hear you, stop, tell a story. Here is this, storytelling is serious business. It brings us together. Sometimes it can even tear us apart. It informs our decisions. It helps us to remember who we are. It helps us to remember who we want to be and where we want to go in life. Um, storytelling is the very fabric of what we are as a society right now, whatever you tell yourself you want to be in storytelling form, that's who you become. In fact, for those of us who are Christians, the entire Bible is a book of stories. This is what we have decided to place our beliefs in and our faith upon, storytelling. Um, true accounts, yes, uh, 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 powerful stories that would catapult us in the spiritual realm, yes, stories in the basic purest form nonetheless sometimes uh, because to my younger self is one of those platforms where we go back and tell stories to our younger selves personal stories these are not made up stories these are not uh, for those of us who are Ghanaians, they're not quick one answer stories they're not stories someone else told us about another country or another person uh, it's not out of someone else's imagination this is our stories sometimes we are pleasantly surprised when we say whoa i've been this person my whole life and sometimes the thing that we go back to tell ourselves become a little traumatic or shocks us into rediscovering something about ourselves that we were not expecting. And that's why we're here today. And we have our resident psychotherapist. Let me tell you a little bit about her. I love this woman so very much. She has become one of those women that I don't even know how we became friends, definitely through social media. And she has just become such an anchor in my life in so many ways now. Um, Abba Keto Ander, she is a psychotherapist and an accomplished author, transformational speaker, a general chief 
Hope Munger. Um, she's an MBA, MA, LMHC. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. All the words are tumbling out of me. She calls herself the Hope Munger because she says, my heart cry is to promote mental, emotional, and spiritual health by educating, inspiring, and ultimately elevating people to harness the amazing power of hope in their lives. Now, tell me, if storytelling does not bring you hope, there is something definitely wrong with the world. Who better to come alongside us today to help us in these uh, nitty-gritty areas, uh, the joys, the, the losses, and all that stuff that storytelling pre presents, you know. The constant theme in Ab Abba's life and career has been her concern for the well-being of others and her love for imparting information and new insights Yay! To encourage people to live authentic, rewarding, purpose-filled lives. Abba is a passionate mental health advocate and is a director of health and well-being um, uh, international. Okay, I get that. An NGO aimed at mental health education and promotion. Of course, she is the author of the much acclaimed book, Reflections of a Hope Monger, available worldwide on Amazon and all other platforms, definitely uh, on Book Nuke and, and I know Barnes and Nobles, anywhere books are sold really. And uh, of course, she's the host of the uh, Hope Mongers podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms. Abba is definitely a wife, a mother, a mother-in-law, a sister to me and to many, many, many of you. For those of you who are here, today has been a very long intro because it needed to be set up this way. Please, please, please help me welcome on the platform today on To My Younger Self, my personal therapist, our personal uh, alum, because she's an alumni storyteller herself, incredible, always bubbling with joy, Abba Keto Anda. Hi. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Uh, let's see. Say something. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Can everyone hear her? <laughs> Good morning, Zoe, and good morning, everyone. You know, I, I again, one storyteller to another, that's where the, the vibe started between you and me. We are storytellers for God, but, but God, you know, so, but the root of it is storytelling, yes. right? And then, and then we've kind of branched out into our different areas. Uh, I am a storyteller. And, you know, let me tell you a story about when I realized that I was also really interested in people's stories. Mm -hmm. So... Being a therapist is actually a third career for me. But my second career, which I did for 11 years, I was a pharmaceutical drug rep <clears throat> with GlaxoSmithKline. And when I moved to the US um, in 2001 as a new immigrant, okay, I, I, I trained, I'd been working for the company in England where I lived before, but I did my training in August and then I, I hit the field in September. Well, while I was in training, I remember my last day of training, um, we had something, September 11th had happened and all the fallout. So basically I, I hit the field, began my job in the aftermath of September 11th. At that time I was living in Connecticut, all right? And all of a sudden, all the instinctively, I knew that all the information I'd received about the medications and so on, it was all out the window because people were hurting. And so instinctively, I would go into people's offices and say, how are you? How is your family? 
Just those two questions. And Zoe, I'm telling you, because, you know, we lived in Connecticut, which is, as you know, is a driving distance to New York. At the time, I lived in Connecticut. And so everybody had a story. You'd hear stories upon stories of people who were saved, people who had lost loved ones, and the emotions that would come out. You know, and, and so literally I would listen and sometimes it would take me longer. I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to hit this office and that office. But you know what? You can't just leave when somebody's in the middle of sharing their story. So they'd share their story and then I'd end with a little, okay, well, you know, the medication I, I, I promote is for depression. And I would say maybe a few seconds about it and I would leave and I'd get scared. I'm like, yeah, am I going to my sales? Will it happen? I wish I'd had time to really sell my products. But you know, at the end of the day, people buy from people. And so the humanity I displayed in providing a listening ear, in truly being interested in hearing people's stories, that was what I needed in that season. And so that, that, that quarter, I think in my career as a drug rep, was like my most lucrative ever. I remember wow. it because I made in bonuses at my salary and a half. Wow. Just from listening to stories. You know, and I didn't do it for that reason. I did it because I cared. So again, the power, and that is why to my younger self is really hitting just an emotional chord with people because there's something about sharing stories. There's something that we receive when we share, when we listen and hold space for somebody. So it's a powerful thing you're doing. Well done. Anyway, I've talked plenty. Me too, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> no, I'm just sitting here going, my goodness, we have stumbled upon, uh, uh, you know, these days the world is driven by content, content, content. And we forget that we ourselves as human beings are the content makers and storytelling is the biggest platform upon which content is created. And then, so I'm just marveling at you. Stories are life. Life yes. stories. Yes. yes. When we, when we uh, share stories, we're sharing life. So mm -hmm. it's, it is the biggest content. So is there any wonder there's Hollywood, Bollywood, Kumawood, whatever wood? <laughs> Gollywood, Nollywood. <laughs> sharing stories. <laughs> Let me jump in. Go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. finish your thought and let's jump oh, in. I will say that even scientists have found that, you know, if I tell you, Zoe, be a good girl, mm -hmm. sometimes there's a barrier, emotional barrier. Yeah. Okay, yes, said, be yes. a good girl, whatever. But if I share with you a story, Zoe, you know, when I was 13, this is what I did, this is how I felt, this is what the impact had on me. You will listen and it will impact you deeply yeah. without mm -hmm. the barriers. You're like, oh, that is why, you know. Wow, storytelling is that important. And I think for me, you have just answered my first question, which was going to be, why should we share stories? Mm -hmm. And without even thinking about it, you kind of just jumped in feet first and you just told us the importance of storytelling. Let's dig a little deeper and ask, what is the power of storytelling? I know you, you've kind of scratched a little bit around it, but since we're going to dig a little deeper, this is us doing a self-check. And guys, for those of you who uh, may have taken journeys of your own, maybe you haven't been on, on to my younger self or any other platform for that matter to share your own stories, but you have taken time to speak to a younger you, maybe a 20-year-old you or a 10-year-old you or even you know a one-year-old you. Um, and maybe you have some questions that you cannot necessarily wrap your mind around. If you don't mind sharing them in the comment section, that would be very, very helpful so that we can really dig deep. Uh, so back to the question, 
why, uh, what is the power of storytelling? Yeah, so, you know, let me share with a couple of, of stories, uh, and I'm going to be using my father. And uh, anybody listening, don't go and tell my father, hey, I'm going to put you on, he calls it the Facebook, and put you on blast, because I'm going to. <laughs> but, you know, for example, growing up, he would tell us things like, you know, um, one thing I'm leaving you is the legacy of my name, my name. It's a, you know, and yeah, you hear it. But then one day he told me a story. And actually, I was an adult then. He said, you know, when I was a, 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 a child, I was truant. Instead of going to school, I'll go stand somewhere and play soccer and so on. And don't, don't, don't do my homework. And one day I came home and um, instead of, you know, doing what I was supposed to do. So my father called me and said, I should go and clean up and come. And then he asked me, what is your name? And he used the deep voice, my, my grandfather's voice, what is your name? He said, my name is Anan. He says, no, your name is not, and that's your name. What is, what is your name? He goes, my name is Kato. He says, yes, your name is Kato. I gave you that name. And you're going to pass on that name to your children. And, told him, and he told him, and these are my words, you are a custodian. Make sure that the name you pass on is not devalued. That's what I wanted to hear. And so you mentioned his name, Anand Kato now. And you, oh my goodness, this is a man who is hardworking. You hear certain things synonymous with his name, hard work, you know, you know just, just being passionate about his job, integrity. That is because he recognized that he was a custodian. Something had been passed to him and that's what he needed to pass on to the other person. Again, the power of that story also made me say, you know what? I need to also pass on something good to my children too. So, so stories engage us intellectually, they inspire us, they empower us, they give us glimpses, you know, into ourselves or into whoever story we're listening to. And yeah, that is the power of a good story. Yeah. Wow. Vivian, wow. don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell him. That is the power of a good story, yeah. <laughs> Vivian, you're cracking me up. Don't be a tattletale. Don't let that be your story. <laughs> Since we're talking about stories. Yeah. Wow. The thing about my dad is I know that his mother died when he was seven. You know, when he tells me the story, all right, he was in boarding school and then they came to pick him. He went and his mother had died. And so he, he but when they bring him in and I have goosebumps and, and, and a lump in my throat, I'm telling it, all he sees is his mother lying in state. She was pregnant with twins and she died with her twins. So he goes in, he's ushered into this room and she's lying in state with both babies on either side of her. They'd all passed away. You know, uh, that, is what's, that is one of two memories he has of his mother. You know, and so he, and so one day I actually, it's funny because my father's a storyteller too. One day I called him before he turned 80. He didn't know. And I said, Daddy, what's the philosophy in life? And because so like he shared and shared and shared. But then one thing he said was this losing my mother so young could have had a more serious impact. I would have loved it if my mother had lived at some point in my life. Wait, let me put my glasses on. Ages. <laughs> You don't even look like you need them glasses. Yeah. That's so funny. I would have loved that if my mother had lived at some point in my life, she would also stand there and look at me and say, ah, there's my son. And I would hold my mother's hand and say, ah, this is my mother. That oh. kind of thing. But that was denied me. 
So what I didn't have as a child, I gave my children, whom I love very much, and who are also my friends. And he goes on to talk about us. I have a goosebumps at 80 years old. At 80 years old. You know, that, that experience, that story was a defining, and that is why he became such an engaged, loving father to us. That's pain. So yes, our stories, you know, um, they, they impact us and, 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 they, and they reveal our purpose and they really almost direct sometimes the paths our lives will take. Yeah, stories are powerful. Goodness, I, I, I can't move on from there and for, for the life of me because, you know, I'm thinking all kinds of things about your father at the moment because, as everyone knows, to my younger self came about as really a form of a coping mechanism, really. Um, God used to my younger self accidentally on purpose. I always like to say accidentally because I just thought I was trying to go back into filmmaking. What I didn't realize was it really was me trying to grieve my mother in my own way. And then so as someone just said, death is really uh, uh, very cruel and it's part of our fabric. Let me ask you this question then. It, it is, it is. Death is cruel. But at the same time, it is a saying, death brings meaning to life. Yes. Yes. Because, because it's in the loss of loved ones that we gain a newfound purpose. See, yes. we don't get it. The whole thing of life was supposed to transmute pain into purpose. And so, yes, death brings meaning to life. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You used a big word right there. Transmute. Transmute. Every, every time I hear transmute, I'm thinking, man, that's like, uh, you know, for those of you who are, who are into uh, science fiction or uh, the Marvel, uh, you know, fan base, you know, it's probably like a... a a flash or <laughs> you know some kind of show like that where we're transmuting and merging into each other but the vivid picture i have is the the, the death of something is automatically the beginning of something yeah. it's always been like that in life in death even the person who has unfortunately passed away it's still a beginning for them because whether we realize it or not they're just beginning another stage of their existence just without us and that's what storytelling will do for you just being able to transmute yourself even through death it's okay I i'm going a little off right now sounding like a cuckoo person but this is the truth let me ask you this question what can our stories tell us about ourselves yeah so um so much our, our stories tell us so much i think um and and i'm gonna ask you before we came on i said zoe i want you to think about your three earliest memories uh, you know I, I, the, the, the the part of the reason why our stories are so impactful mm. is that we remember the stories we remember for a reason and honestly sometimes they may not even be accurate but it doesn't matter what you remember it how you remember it is how it's impacted you. And so we typically now, our brains, when, when babies are born, you know, a baby that is just born, all right, has all the hardware. However, there's no programming. There's no programs. If you think of the brain as a computer, there's no programs set in the brain. And then as he begins to experience the world, things are, are deposited, programs are deposited into the brain. And what they found is that, you know, brain activity, 
when you measure it, there's different types, like there's gamma, which is peak performance. I think there's delta for when you are asleep. But there's one called theta, which even human beings, we have just before we fall asleep. And children, their brain waves are theta brain waves for the first seven years of life. That theta wave activity is like hypnosis. So therefore, whatever programming a child is experiencing, it's going deep into the subconscious, like a program. And therefore, it's impacting how they see the world. And so therefore, you may grow to 80, but you are still going around in different scenarios, in some of those same, according to whatever the programming is. And so therefore, uh, the experiences that you retained are probably things that went deep into your subconscious. So oftentimes, they are difficult ones. You know, it could be, a, you know, when it comes to, when I say trauma, there's something that is big T trauma, but also maybe small T trauma. Big T trauma could be you know, that, that really tough stuff, you know, abuse, physical, mental, sexual, you know. Um, but then also there's small T traumas. I was embarrassed. I was bullied. You know, I, I felt inadequate. And those things happen. And if they happen early in life, they can be deposited deep in, in your subconscious. And so therefore, they make these, it becomes these programs in, in your subconscious, which then informs, yeah. And so, yes, no wonder the formative years are so critical. You know, I, my earliest memory, and I'll share mine. And I, I know now that I was three years old because the house we lived in, we were in there when I was three and moved away after I turned three. So I was three years old. I was sitting in the veranda with my mother. Now my mother, she used to have, I don't know what, maybe somebody knows, she used to have some kind of a sinus thing and later she had to have some kind of a surgery for it, but she would always blow her nose and so much would come out. I remember that. Like she was always like blowing her nose and get a lot of gunk out. And so this one time I'm sitting with her in the veranda and it was like a long corridor. And she said to me, she had blown her nose. She said, Abba, go throw it in there. There was a, a paper bin. So she gave it to me. And I remember three years old, carrying it in my hand and then hearing her voice floating above me. No, 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 don't squeeze it. So although I heard the voice, I guess it didn't compute. So I guess I remember holding it, squeezing it. And then all the gun came into my hand. And my mother said, ah. And then she came and then wiped me. Well, the three-year-old me, I interpreted the ah as I failed. I failed. I've made her upset. Oh. You know that it's something I, I, I had to combat the rest of my childhood. I can't please her. I'm not pleasing her. And that led, led, led to even beyond her people pleasing. It's something I have to deal with even now because it's deep, deep, deep. And so, yes, I put things into place, boundaries and so on. But you understand that because it's so deep in my programming, I have to work super hard at a conscious level, at a subconscious level. Yes. Yes. Now, maybe she wasn't upset with me, but again, it doesn't matter. It was how I remember it. Remembered it. It's how I remember it. And I remember growing up, not till I was maybe 24 years old, did I recognize that, oh, my mother's actually my best friend. And I'm not this girl who keeps on disappointing. And I was the first born. I think she was also really wanting me to, to raise me right. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, it's kind of a, a small T trauma. And, and I recognize that it is the reason why. It's the reason why. Wow. I, keep, I keep on, you know. Oh, I don't hate. I hate to disappoint people. I hate to disappoint people. Yeah. That little act 
just, middle, just just squeezing, just squeezing a thing like that. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stumped yeah. for words. I, I can't. There's another memory I have, and I think I shared this with you when I was on to my younger self, being probably around that same age, going to church, and then there was a man singing loud in the church. You know, he was singing my favorite song too. Sons of God, hear his holy. And I wanted to sing and let my voice be heard, but the mom was singing loud. So I just tapped him and I said, why are you singing so loud? I'm the only one in this church, you know? And I think I remember that because again, it was consistent with my personality. You know? That's why I'm a therapist because I'm able to call out certain behavior. Now, of course, in adulthood, I, I like to think I do it in love. Right, right, right. I was when I was three years old, but that wow. is me. My and I remember that. So, you may not realize things about yourself till you even share your story. They were like, oh, that's why. The power of stories. Now that you say Listen, one more thing. My father, so his mother dies, and then he ends up being raised. I call it my word, a parenting tribe. It was his father. It was his father's brother and his wife. Mm -hmm. And it was his aunt, his father's sister. And so he would go to different homes. Now, right. when, I, from, when I hear the story of the family, my uncle, my, well, I call her my grandmother, but the, my, his uncle's wife, she had a strong personality. And then his father's sister, she had a strong personality. And sometimes they used to bump heads. So wow. imagine this one small child, you know, sometimes you go to this person's house, this person's house, he was caught in crossfires. So what did he learn to do? Be diplomatic. That informed yeah. how he grew up in life. He can get along with the most difficult people, my mother included. <laughs> he could get there's nobody he can't get along with because he knows how to just be himself and be calm. Yes. You see, and so again, when you hear facts, it's one thing. When you hear stories, you can put the pieces together. That's the power wow. of storytelling. Yeah. Wow. Now I don't know if I should share mine. Please go ahead. Please go ahead. We're not going to psychoanalyze anybody. Right, right. It's just a saying. Get a lot more information before you form, you know. Opinion. Yes. These are like gold nugget insights into what makes us tick. Wow. You know, I think that when you shared about the theater, that's where suddenly I have a light bulb in my mind, and possibly why I am where I am even today. And uh, this is a transparent moment. Uh, obviously for storytellers, we must be willing to be transparent or else then the stories won't hold any water. Now I've shared this story before in the very beginning when uh, to my younger self was um, just starting. It's one of the stories I shared. And I remember, I think I titled it, um, Don't Waste Time in Front of the Mirror. Because when I was growing up as a teenager, I used to just look in the mirror so much, so many times. Um, and this was because when I was growing up, and I must have been maybe 10. No, no, I wouldn't be 10. I was probably 14-ish because my sister was 
older, a little older and very bouncy and all around. This was just my the one right behind me. And if she is here, I apologize already for putting you on the spot. But um, my mother was a back in the day, what we would call an apprentice in our uh, beauty salon shop. And what those, what they used to do is they would go in early in the beauty salon and they would uh, sweep and clean. And, and because we didn't have proper running water, you had to go in and get a bucket and go get the water and pour it in the drum so people can come and wash their hair. My mother's, uh, my mother's, um, boss at that time uh and well my mother because she had me and others in the house she would make us go and get the water we'll put the water on our heads and we'll bring it while she was mopping and all that and i remember this one time now my little sister and even now she still is has this regal look i always say that she's just naturally very regal mm -hmm. and naturally has a lot of hair. I remember when she was born, she just had a lot of facial hair all mm -hmm. over. She was covered in hair and also her color was lighter, still is, and uh, just slender and tall and just, you know, she kind of like walked like she was floating on air. At least in my mind, that's what it looked like. And I am this short, stocky person definitely was not you know what my mother was because she was like my sister and so my I remember coming in to the salon with a bucket of water on my head and I remember this woman asking my mom and I'm gonna say it in tree because that's how I heard it and my mom at the time because she was still Muslim or I mean she was not Muslim maybe but the name had stuck so everyone was just calling her Amaria Amaria and um in, in the Islam religion, Amaria just means newly wed, and then it mm -hmm. kind of just sticks all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember this woman um, tell, asking my mother, Na Amaria mm -hmm. um, and, and my mother, and, and now as I am older, I, re, I think she didn't intend to hurt me. She didn't intend for that to be the life-defining moment of my life. In fact, I don't think she even knew what had happened in that nanosecond of the words that came out of her mouth. But I remember her saying, Oh, what that meant was, and for those of you who don't um, speak tree, it, she just meant uh, what the woman asked my mother was this. Uh, Amaria, why is it that this your child is so dark or literal translation, so black? Um, and my mother's answer was, oh, I used her to wash my stomach. So the beautiful ones are now coming, i.e. my sister. Wow. And from that moment, I never ever felt beautiful. In fact, when I would go away to boarding school, I thought it was because of that. Oh, and, and, and that's the thing. And yeah. I, I don't know how old you were, but again, in those, those first seven years, because we are highly suggestible. I was definitely older than seven, but for the rest of my life, 
no matter how intelligent I was, because it not, at least in my mind, not being beautiful and being dark meant I had to work extra hard to get noticed, i.e. read a lot and be loud. Yes. And, and, and yes. what I couldn't do with my body and my face, yes. I yes. tried to do with my mouth. Yes. Um, but, I, but, I, but, you know, but you know, the funny thing, and, and so there was some good that came out of that yes. pain being yes. transmitted to purpose. But Zoe, yes. you are beautiful. I know that now. But now, what I'm you, now, yes. now you know that. And so it's about, it's about reminding yourself so you don't go back to that. Because so yes. here's the other thing. So then, you know, these little programs or nicks come into our spirits and, and, um, and then they become what we call, we have like a little younger self inside of me. Yes. You know, and so for lots of people, we have different inner child. You probably had the thing inner child. So maybe there's a, however old you were, there's like a little like me. There was a three year old inner child feeling like I, I can't yeah. do a good enough job. Mm -hmm. However old you were, then there's an inner child that says, "Wow, you know what? I'm not beautiful." Yeah. And you know what that translated into now? I mean, and I I've, I had to deal with all of that, but. What it meant for me was that no man could ever love me for what I looked like. That yes. was one. No matter how little I was at that time, yes. it was there. Yes. And so anytime a person would say, wow, I like you, I automatically said in my head, you lie. Yeah. And every time a man would say, wow, you're pretty, I would say in my head, you lie. So that was and right. for the most part, even today, and I don't mind saying that because we're here to heal, I have still somehow kept that in my mind. And probably why sometimes when guys are even really genuinely trying to talk to me, without realizing it, I do a flippant thing that say, I, ugh. do you know? that that That's a memory that has stuck for a very long time. I, and I had to do a lot of digging deep and forgiving her for something she never even knew she did. Forgiving her, but also, so how old were you then? I was definitely 12 or 13 because my sister, she, the reason why I think I was that age, and I don't really remember very well, first I was carrying the bucket of water. Mm -hmm. And second, the fact that I remember my sister, she was always jumping a lot, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember her doing the jump. So she must have been able to walk and all that. And being that I'm six years older than her, she mm -hmm. definitely, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, so, okay. So yeah. my question to you is if a 12 year old came and sat next to you and was distressed, Right, no distress, emotional. What would you do? It I, she's and just I think emotional cry. What would you do first for her? First, I would wipe her tears, and that's another thing I never had with my mom the closeness of being able to cry in front of her. Okay, so, so you, you witness her pain. I would witness her pain. How would you dry her tears? Not knowing now what you know, actually, would, I would do it. Or would you no 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 it would literally be making her cry fully first whilst she's actually by me and then and holding her and holding her okay. and eventually asking her why she's crying mm -hmm. um and i think in, for the most part that's where i find myself these days She's because she's one of your inner child, your inner children. She's one of your younger selves. And yes. so therefore, when she comes, when she manifests herself, In right, because now you're an adult, 
there's the adult Zoe, and the adult Zoe understands things about life. The 12-year-old Zoe deep inside doesn't quite get it and is in distress. So you can begin to say, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Yes. Okay. You're beautiful. You have yes. a purpose. You know? Yeah. And so and sometimes, and as you can see, some you know mature, accomplished person begin to cry like a three-year-old or begin to act out like a, a, an eight-year-old. It's, it's not that they're stupid or hypocrites, but because that, that inner child, that yeah. pain, that's yeah. their subconscious has manifested itself. And we've got to learn to be gentle with that younger part of ourselves. And also, it takes a lot of work to heal our inner child, which yes. is why, you know, uh, so you and I have had many conversations about what you listen to before you fall asleep. Yes. When you wake up in the morning, because our brains are, have come down to that theta level are highly suggestible. So if you're going to play or listen to nonsense, chaotic things, that's how it's going to inform your day. But if you listen to God-guided affirmations, specifically targeted for that inner child, then healing can begin to start. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the funny twist to this particular story. And the other fun fact is the fact that my mom automatically started calling my sister, my Miss Ghana. That's how she used to call my sister, my Miss Ghana. Mm -hmm. You know, because she had that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward after film school, or no, actually in the middle of film school, or maybe right after, I I don't remember the uh, details very well. A very good friend of mine in film school, we get picked Mm -hmm. to come to America. And this was the first time ever I was coming to America. Mm -hmm. And it was on a very high note. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I was that loud in film school and that Mm -hmm. known, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that they said, well, yeah, uh, we were doing this project with PBS and we'd like for you to come and be a part of it and all that. So Benji and I, and if he's watching, hey, Benji, we, 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 we get ready and we, we're coming. And my mom, now I remember her face. She was so proud as we drove to the airport and all that. Now, Benji's mother was the kind of mother I wish I had. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. just was very, you know, just becoming and always she would call me and we would have all these incredible conversations, even throughout film school before we were traveling. Mm-hmm. And at the airport, Benji's mom and my mom got to talking, which I didn't really notice because I always found myself by my dad all the time. I just found a way to always kind of avoid her if I could. Now, here's the thing. After we came back, I'm having a conversation with Benji's mom, and she says the most incredible thing to me. She says, you know, that day when we came to... Um, when we came to see you guys off at the airport, your mom said the most incredible thing about you. And I'm going, really? How? Mm-hmm. She never says anything good about me. And she says, no, your mom said you remind her, you remind her of her. Mm-hmm. Throughout her childhood, she says amongst all of your, her children, you are the one who is most like her. Wow. Nothing faces you. Wow. You just do what you want to do, no matter what someone is saying. Don't do. You wow. are that stubborn, and she cannot believe you are her child. In that moment, it felt like everything I was 
holding on to the pain, everything just dropped. Yeah. And I never got to tell her this, like, mom, I know what you feel about me. I never really got to do that. But in that moment, it was as though I had arrived. <laughs> yeah. you, you said a couple of things that I want to just touch on, namely that forgiveness is part of a big key to healing your inner child. Yes. Now, I want to just say, forgive when you are ready, but allow yourself to go through the process, understand how you were hurt, understand how it's impacted you, understand what it is you need to forgive. And then when you are ready, you can forgive. Again, forgiveness, people go through different traumas. Doesn't mean you are condoning what was done to you. In some people's situations, forgiveness doesn't mean I have to resume a relationship like some, maybe somebody was abused, but forgiveness is a key to freeing yourself. But what's, what's a couple of things, you said that you didn't finish the thoughts. You said you um, would look in the mirror mm-hmm. when you were right. Because um, yeah, so let let let's let's go there. I, I would look in the mirror one because I kept trying to figure out how I could make my skin look like my sister's skin. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, mm-hmm. because I was dark, I wasn't beautiful enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I used a lot of oils and, and now, you know, in some ways I'm grateful because I have this incredibly beautiful skin. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. But I would ju- I tried everything short of using bleaching creams, which for some reason I just couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but every kind of natural oil that people said gave you beautiful skin, I got into it. My beauty regimen was ridiculous. The other thing was I have a tribal mark and most people tell me they don't notice that I have it, but I do have it. And I have the most, the most conflicted relationship with this tribal mark because for me, even though my sister has it too, I thought, why is hers considered beautiful and mine not? And I, so I just spent a lot of time in front of the mirror figuring out how to be like her in color mm-hmm. and also how to get the mark off. Mm-hmm. The most, in- so, you know, that's why I, I just spent so much time in front of the mirror. I really just did. And it, it really was wasted time. If I wasn't reading a book, I was in front of the mirror. It's funny because I was thinking, and and, and maybe I'm wrong, but you're in front of the mirror, you're seeing yourself, you love to talk, you love to read, maybe you are manifesting this this career unfolding. I I, I have to be honest, no, it never occurred to me. I didn't waste time trying to speak to the mirror. I wish I did, but I didn't, in all Mm -hmm. honesty. It really was just me. Yes, trying to, you know, and honestly, now I'm thinking back and saying, thank God uh, I didn't get into all kinds of makeup either. I actually just put on makeup on Sundays and Tuesday mornings, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the most part, I really did waste a lot of money on different makeup products also mm-hmm. uh, as an adult in my late 20s, early 30s. It, it, it was, and all of that was because somehow in my mind, my mother kept her voice kept ringing you are the washer of stomachs now the positivity that i never noticed is the fact that i really am a pace setter mm. even to my mm. sisters now mm. i really am a pace setter yes. um, 
most of the things and most of the memories we have as siblings is through me mm-hmm. um, because they didn't necessarily have a mother figure because she really wasn't emotionally available like that until much later in life. Yeah. I had to step up. Mm-hmm. So I did wash her stomach. And also, literally speaking, I am her first. Were you the firstborn? Yes. So, you know, psychologists will say the firstborn is like, <laughs> but like the mistake. And what I mean yes. is that they make all they make a lot of their mistakes. On, I'm a firstborn too, yes. and I did it too. They make a lot of their mistakes on us, right? Yes. I was I was saying something to my my sister the other day about how hard our mother was on me, mm-hmm. and then you know she said there's an Adele song, which I don't even know the full meaning of the words. I'm sure it's do with love. But for me, I took it. It goes, go easy on me. Go easy on me, baby. And so, you know, and she, what she was telling me is that you go easy on, on, on our mother and, and the, the memory. She, she, she did. That the truth is that we all do the best we can with what we know. When we know better, we, we can do, do better. better. Yeah. Right. And, so, and there goes my sister saying, yep, that I can confirm the two of you are two pieces two of pieces heart. Apart, and in yeah. hindsight, it is true. I just have the yeah. stick to itness of my mother. And for that, I but yeah, we're going to move the conversation forward. It feels like I'm in the hot seat today, which is not very good. <laughs> I had a, a young lady I worked with once mm-hmm. and she heard the story about how she, she grew up, you know, knowing, hearing her mother always remind her that while she was still pregnant with her, the father kind of absconded and was no longer in their lives, Right. And then she, her mother eventually married and got a, she had a stepfather, but the stepfather, uh, she, she, she always has memories of him not prioritizing her, him not being there for her. So anyway, fast forward about 35, 40 years, she grows up and she's had, you know, a few failed relationships and so on. And, and the funny thing is the reason why she came to me, she was in distress because she'd been catfished. You know what that is? She yes. in line and so on. But there was, I mean, this was the distress of a five-year-old child, you know? And the, the truth was, it was hitting a lot of pain. So as we talked, all of a sudden it came to, oh my God, it's because I, I believe I'm second rate. And so then she began to weep for the, the, the little child who feels second rate. And so, you know, that's core you know, um, realization and then working to heal that, that core thing What has so much freedom. Wow. And so that's what I'm talking about, some of that inner programming, how it can manifest itself, you know, in feeling not good enough. In every time you have a relationship, maybe not expecting it to stay and then it will manifest. The truth is that, listen, we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. God created us in his image and likeness. And so what we, we, is in us is what we are manifesting. So that's the other thing, which is why it's, it's important to allow ourselves to heal our inner child because we will manifest. So this lady was manifesting being second rate, being second rate. It was showing up in her career, in her failed relationships, in everything. But that realization, she was almost, she was on the floor, just rocking and, and And then began to heal, to believe that, you know what? What did God say about me? I was created in his image and likeness. What did he say? He loves me like the apple of his eye. 
And that's where affirmations are powerful. So and when you powerful. say them over and over again, they began to hit the subconscious. And me, I even believe, and I think I learned it from you, Zoe, get an affirmation, record your own affirmations. Yes, based on what been every night, yes. Here and fall asleep listening to yes. it. When your brain waves are at that theta, you know, yes. allow yourself to receive it deep down. And sometimes it may take a lifetime to, to, to work on the program, but it's okay. Every day we have new grace, right? Mm -hmm. To move forward. And yes, Elsie is absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. Yeah. Trauma, you know, we don't know, and then we, we pass it on. That yeah. is, again, the power of sharing stories, identities, things, so yes. we can break the cycle. Yes. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. What you brought to our community is amazing. Wow. You are empowering people to share their stories so that they can be cycle breakers. Yes, cycle breakers. Thank you for using that term. Yes. Um, I, I think that actually, matter of fact, my sister, I'm going to put up her thing and then I'll, I'll, I'll make a comment. But she just put here that, um, where is it? She says, uh, uh, Baraka. We don't talk about this enough. You remember how I spent the latter part of last year trying to get rid of my mark as well. In fact, I still am. Um, what I didn't realize was that maybe through me not liking my tribal mark, I was very suddenly impacting that to her. So I, what does your tribal mark tell you about yourself? Growing up and going to boarding school so early, it just reminded me of my tribe and the fact that people looked down on us back then. Do you look down on your tribe? I don't, but you see, as a you child, I get that. I'm talking to the grown ups away now. Do you believe? Uh, oh my goodness. On? Right. So no. so I'm you, the most eclectic person you will ever meet. Right. So I, I think there's a place for accepting that this is part yes. of my heritage. Uh -huh. I may not have agreed with it and I probably won't yes. do it as a child, but it's part of me and I'm not going to hate any part of no, me. No, but see, here's the other part that we didn't know. Now I'm learning so much about it. It wasn't to mark you as you come from a lesser tribe. This was more of a spiritual thing also. It was done to keep me alive. So in, in a desperate moment, this woman was really just trying to keep a child alive. Yes. So, um, so Mark represents a life. woman who loved her child yes. and did the best she knew to Absolutely. keep her child alive. Yes. This is where uh, another point in learning to heal our inner child, uh, our younger self. Yes. I'm yes. grateful for the love that yes. is evidenced in, in this tribal mark. Yes. Yeah. And only but, you can begin to change. Now, you can still yes. do what you want to do. But, you know, and that is why it's funny when people go through uh, what you call weight loss surgery, right? Bariatric surgery and so on. And they have to go through psychological testing because if you don't love yourself at this weight, trust me, you're going to be whatever your target weight is. You yeah. will not love yourself then. Yeah. Yeah. So however you, 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 yeah. you choose to, you know, work on, on, on the mark, yeah. whether you want to display it or not, yeah. Learn to love and accept as part of yourself, your legacy, and everything. Everything, yes. The funny thing is, as an adult now, actually most people recognize me 
for an entirely different reason, not because of what your face even looks like, because granted, it is a very beautiful face. It is for the power you bring into an atmosphere and the power you bring into a room. And, and your unique style. Yes. You know, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, um, and, and, and to answer uh, producer Elsie's uh, comment, in later life, we found out she probably, our mother probably had postpartum depression. We just didn't know how to diagnose it. Back then in Ghana, um, most women just didn't know they had that. It wasn't part of what community spoke about. You just gave birth and moved on. And she was probably dealing with all of that trauma of postpartum depression. And so it manifested in most of her words. But um, thank God, we definitely had a father like yours who kind of in his own very gentle way offset a lot of things. So for me, it was another level of growing up, not feeling beautiful, but also growing up and feeling I take command of every room I walk into. I don't care if you're Einstein, I know better than you kind of attitude that just helped me a lot you even know, if i didn't know what i was talking about i was sure to let you understand that yeah beauty is amazing and yet physical beauty can be fleeting yes you know yes. and so and so i think beauty is truly it comes from inside out so yes, yes let's let's continue to appreciate and look after the bodies god gave us but truly our worth should come from something deeper than the physical beauty. Because when the physical beauty begins to change, somebody who's not got something deeper and understands what they're rooted in, you know, then it begins to manifest issues and so on. Um, and let, me, let me translate, let me just go into this question real quick. Um, on the day my mom passed away, I mm -hmm. was uh, at work. No, I had just come out of work. My brother-in-law called me um, and I think he was the best person to break the news the way he did. Mm -hmm. And as he was talking to me, he said the most powerful thing that redefined love for me. And from that day onwards, and you know, he's an, our executive producer, Emmanuel, I want to thank you very publicly. You don't know what you did for me that day, but that was a, a very powerful thing you said. And till date, I measure men by that. <laughs> um, but Emmanuel said to me, if your father could take, could give away the last shirt on his back to have one minute with your mother, he would have. That's one thing he said. And then um, moving forward, he visited and we were having conversations about my mom and he said another thing. He said, you know, your dad used to just take care of your mom so much, like just comb her hair and dress her up and you know even on the day that she really was was on her deathbed your dad said she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen mm -hmm. and my dad is one of the guys who doesn't use words like that mm -hmm. he would encourage you but not emot emotive words are not his thing mm -hmm. and those were the two things I took from that whole experience I want a man who would do that mm -hmm. In that moment, when you are at your worst, almost to the point of dying, still say you are the most beautiful thing you see. So even in death, my mom gave me something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you see the story? I want that too. 
Yes. I, I want to cultivate a love that is so pure and so yes. deep. Yes. Right? That no material thing can count for. Yes. the ravages of disease may have on a person, the yes. love is still there. Yes. Power yes. of storytelling. Yes. So go ahead and answer Elsie's question now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think this is where storytelling is really powerful. I encourage people to tell their stories. I encourage, you know, any of us who's listening, go to a loved one and ask them a question. Tell me, you know, the way you do it. Tell me a story about your life, you say. What is that what you say? Or tell me a story about your childhood. Yeah, just tell me a defining moment story. Prop them. What were you wearing? What were you doing? What did you feel? And, yeah. and that can happen. I think sharing stories is important. Anybody, it may be harder to say Share with me your deepest emotions to a lot of men. You're right. But even though they may use more pragmatic language, I think the job can still be done by sharing their story. Stories. Yes. yes. So that's the power of story because you almost immerse yourself back into that experience and describe it. You know, I think that the other power of sharing our story, what is that saying about until the lion learns to tell its own tale? Right, the hunter, the story, the glory of the story would always go to the hunter, yes. Right, and so even if you've gone, gone through something difficult, right, when you learn to think about your story and then retell it in a way that highlights, you know, your display of bravery, integrity, courage, whatever it is, then you realize that, oh, wow, I'm actually even despite what I went through, despite what I experienced, look at me now. That's what you just did, Zoe. Yes. You know, again, the power of a story in beginning that process of healing, you know? Yeah. So I think we should all share stories. I, you know, I have video um, um, little clips. I would say to my, my dad, tell us a story about this. In fact, I have a whole thing. We, he came to visit and we sat with my siblings and so on around him. A small story about when he was five years old and his father fell and banged his head and had to go into hospital and get stitches and how scared he was. You know, but he described it. He was in Cape Coast. They'd gone here. They'd gone here. It's amazing. So it and gives you. That's how men can get to be very emotive. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, now I'm thinking about it, and I say, you know, we're a Christian platform, so I always go back to the ingenuity of God. He created the world by telling stories. Yes. Literally. Yes. yes. Just saying, I want this world to look like this. And so I'm going to say, let there be light. And then there will be light. That is storytelling. And then after he did all of that, he put it in a storytelling book. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, guys, this is what I did. Let me inspire men to write these stories, yes. right? Jesus, he told parables. And it was in telling the parables that we got insights. And then you could even yes. get your interpretation. You yes. know, just now I'm thinking about David committing adultery. And if the prophet Nathan had come and said, stop committing adultery, you stop. But when he brought the story, right, about the sheep, he goes, ah, let's go and, and find people. this person. <laughs> Boom. That's you, dude. Yes. Immediately. Wow. Yeah. My goodness. This thing we're doing. It's you a, I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing. And I think that, you know, within our family units, it's a way of bonding. Mm -hmm. Sit your kids down and tell them your stories. I've enjoyed that with my children as they were growing up. Just tell them stories about your life. Some of them are embarrassing, silly, 
deep. Wow. It, it helps them, you know, uh, know you and bond with you. It makes the relationship deeper. Tell them stories about your life. And for those of us, you know, we have aging parents. I wish I knew about that when my mother was alive, when my grandparents were alive. Yes. Oh, my dad, I'll record it. Yeah. Because then I can listen to it and get even more depth from, from the stories. I wrote okay. a whole chapter in my book, Reflections yeah. with Manga, by just calling him one day, no notice, oh, daddy, what's your philosophy in life? And then he went on, because he likes to tell stories too. And that was a whole chapter in my book. But more importantly, it was a whole gold of, of, of legacy that he downloaded into me. Now, I'm going to ask you the last question. But before we do that, let me do a full circle. And I'll tell them very quickly. Another one of my earliest memories is I'm, this one. I was definitely the only child at that time. And we lived in Boko. And uh, I remember my mom receiving visitors. And I think she was so excited she forgot to give them water. Back in the day, we used to have these, I don't know if any of you remember, the big blue cups. They were really huge blue cups. I mean, I don't even know why we had them, these huge blue cups. And I definitely was maybe like three or four, but I, I imagined myself, I was, and we're on the internet, but I was a child, so this is not, you know, promoting any, uh, kind of nudity, but I was a child and I was definitely, I was naked. I was, you know, because you're a child, you're at home, it's hot. But I think, I remember thinking to myself, this woman, you have visitors and you did not give them water? What is wrong with you? And with my eating little bitty self, I march into the kitchen and grab a cup, this huge blue cup, and I fill it with water and I'm coming in. It's like poor because it's definitely heavier than I am. It's bitty naked self, right? Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I'm throwing her darts of like, how dare you? And I don't even remember who these visitors were. But I remember thinking, how can you not give them water? And I just go and like give it to the person, whoever they were. And then I walk away giving her the dirtiest look like, why? You know, and for the longest time, she would tell me that story. I think it was one of the every time I would do something that was out of character, she would say, oh, yeah, I remember. You're the one that was trying to show me up. But thinking back now, I'm, I, that's who I have always been. Like, how are people not taking care of other people? It makes no sense to me. Especially when they're in your house. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So so again, it's an insight yes. into the leader within, mm -hmm. right? It's an insight yeah. yes. to the leader within. Your yeah. job now is to honor yes. that little itty bitty naked little baby and say, let me step, yes. into, step into the full manifestation, the best version of myself. Yes. And that takes leadership, right? <laughs> Yes. So, so, so again, so it's amazing what our stories can tell us uh -huh. about. Yeah. Indeed. I just was very grown up even then. I just had this leadership quality that I didn't even realize I had. I just did things, yes. you know, and that was a very good memory to have. And so the last question I have for you, and I think this is, uh, you know, the culmination of this whole conversation is how can we process difficult and traumatic memories so that we can not necessarily let go of the past, but acknowledge the past and allow it to help us go into the future. Yeah. You know, 
yeah, how can we process, what are, if you can give us some steps or, you know, I don't know, you're the psychotherapist, so jump in. So, you know, the things you and me shared today, as painful as they are, they are small T traumas. They're, they're, they're still impacted us that they still, you know, there's a hole in our heart where that story is, right? Um, there are some people who actually went through sexual abuse, physical abuse, you know, a lot of mental abuse. And those things can, there can be a lot of what they call post-traumatic stress disorder. People can manifest what they call dissociation, where I feel almost separate from myself. And that was your brain's way of coping with the abuse. So the point is sharing stories for some of us is like walking and running in a garden. For some people, it's like walking in a minefield, you know, and, and I think that's just the, 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 a, a fact. Um, I think that, you know what, as we know better, we do better. Invest in therapy, invest in sitting with somebody who's a professional, who can listen to your story compassionately without judgment, but most importantly, can recognize when you are showing signs of emotional distress, even as you are telling that story. And with it. There are therapists, there are trauma coaches, trauma therapists, there's a variety of things they can put you through and that those things help. Um, so that being said, you may not realize, some people don't even remember they went through a trauma till they are telling a story and all of a sudden something hits them. Yes. And I feel like whenever you are telling a difficult memory or thinking about a difficult memory, the thing you have to do first is to calm your nervous system down. And that we do by deep breathing, not just this shallow breathing we are doing now, but learn how to do deep breathing. Go into, into YouTube and Google, you know, search for deep breathing, where you deep from your, you, you breathe from your diaphragm, maybe in, inhale through the nose, maybe hold it for seven counts or something, or four counts, hold it for three counts, then breathe slowly out through your mouth for 10, for what, 10 counts. There's different ways to do it. Again, learn how to do, because when we learn, because it reestablishes, right, oxygen to your brain from that place of, you know, uh, uh, distress. So breathing is important. Um, meditation is important. Affirmations are important. You know, understand what you went through. Understand what you may need to do to heal. Write down a few statements about yourself, you know. Um, and then say it to yourself every day. But even it's more powerful, listen to it and fall asleep. Wake up and listen to it, you know? And so affirmations, meditation, praise and worship. Oh, my God. Praise and worship. Yes. You can't even say wow. Christian form. Powerful, powerful. You know? Another thing that sometimes helps me, even when I'm stressed or there's anxiety, is... Um, I like essential oils. Maybe you get like a lavender, put a little bit into a, 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 a tissue or even have a diffuser going and just breathe. It helps, to, it helps to take your mind off it, you know. And again, I'm mentioning these things really quickly, but you need to actually go into another thing is called grounding. So when the, you've thought about a difficult memory, right, and you can realize that, oh my gosh, it's, it's impacting me, just put your feet to the ground and feel the ground. It helps to take you out from that place. Right. Wow. You know, so um, affirmation. There's so many things. But I think, you know what? Let's invest in ourselves. Go talk to somebody. 
talk to somebody you trust, but also invest, right? Invest. These days, yeah. there are coaches for exercise, coaches for nutrition, coaches for business. For yes. Yeah, then get a coach too or a counselor to work out. Invest in yourself. You, I have the most amazing, again, therapy gets a bad rap. Mm -hmm. I must be crazy. That's why I'm going, uh-uh. The people I, 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 who come actually are the most well-adjusted, amazing people because they understand that it's important to kind of deal with their stuff to become the best version of themselves. You know, and I want to say honor your younger self. I think most importantly, those breathing, go easy on that little child. Don't say to myself, ah, I'm 45. Why am I crying like a, a three-year-old? It is because it's part of you that is weeping. And if your three-year-old child was weeping, you would carry them and comfort them and say, sorry, baby. Sorry, baby. So allow yourself to be compassionate with yourself. Allow yourself to somehow parent yourself in that moment. It's possible. And say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, I had to, you know, we talk about younger self. I had to apologize about three weeks ago. I, I, I always thought my younger self was eight. Then one day, I don't know how I knew it. My 24-year-old younger self showed up and she was mad at me. She was wow. mad mad at me because you know what these people pleasing oh i i made a decision that impacted the course of my life because i was trying to make everybody happy and so then the reason why she showed up was i was doing it again three weeks ago or so and so i remember telling my sister because my sister is like my therapist i'm like whoa she's she's 24 and like that's what it is and so i had i apologize for 24 years i'll do better for us I will do better for us, sweethearts. And I, I feel emotional sharing that. I'm like, I'm going to do better for us. I'm going to set boundaries, take a step back, figure out what works for us. I'm not going to go ahead and people please. Yes, on your younger self, be compassionate with your young. Otherwise, they won't heal. Duh. Heal. If you don't yes. listen to them, they will not heal. And you know what? In life, if you don't confront your issues, you're going to go in the same cycles until you confront your issues, until you die. You know, I have to say this. And for those of you who have watched the show many, many times, my hair is always down. I think the thing that this session has done for me is being able to lift it up and show it to the whole world. At this Amen. Amen. You're bringing tears um, Yes, to my, my and, 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 and so this is this is definitely me telling my younger self it's okay to show your beautiful round face with um, the, 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 the tribal mark that you think you should not have had whatever the reason was it's okay in fact it, it marks you and, and sets you apart so this this is a, a, an act of healing so to speak mm -hmm. not to say that i don't do it in real life i do but normally it's because well it's one-on-one -on -one and it's not to uh thousands of people that, that watching you know what i mean so this this is me uh it's a statement that it's courage to embrace our vulnerability I have suddenly, yes. yeah, there's a, a worship song, and I forget what the title is, but it says, Our scars are a sign of grace in our lives, and Father, how you brought us through. Deep was the night, and it goes on. So, yes, whether they are physical scars or whether they are emotional scars, do not shove them down. No, no. Allow yourself, give you know, Zoe 
has modeled something important to us. And namely, she gives people their, their consideration and the platform and listens to them with an open, compassionate heart. And she's telling us, you know what? Listen to yourself too. Give yourself the audience. Tell your younger child, come and sit next to me. And it's not, I'm not talking crazy stuff or, or multiple personalities. Or this is not that. This is the areas of our lives that maybe there's unresolved issues. Maybe there was pain, right? And, 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 and just allow yourself, listen to yourself. Like I said, my 24-year-old self, she wasn't a child, but no. she was mad. She was a younger self. And when I listened to her, she said, you keep ignoring us and our needs. Listen to, pay attention to what we need. And so I listened to her and it, it helped me. Now, before I listened to her, I cried a whole bunch. I did, but that's okay. Because again, it's a way of expressing whatever the emotion that that younger self is feeling. Wow. Yeah. You know, Dr. Viv, I want to say thank you for putting this up there. And to the student who is watching, we hope. And thank you for telling us we're doing a good job. Um, Abba is certainly just breaking some new ground today. Uh, but for that young person, whether it's a, a, a man or a woman, uh, we acknowledge you and we hope that you're going to take this and run with it. Uh, however old you are, you can always go back and embrace that child that you were. And we hope that uh, in, in the near future, you can look back on this day as a defining moment for you also. And so thank you for taking time to actually watch us because uh, not a lot of young people take time to do that. So we acknowledge you and thank you for doing yeah. that. I'm sending you love in your own journey. Yeah. Your own journey. You be patient yes. with yourself, be yes. compassionate with yourself. Yes. Um, and Nanette, I'm hugging you too. Uh, needless to say, when I narrated this story, I've actually done a lot of healing from it. But uh, Abba had asked me to remember my earliest memories, three of them. And this was definitely a defining moment. So it's not a place I'm in any longer, but it, it was definitely worth sharing just so people don't always think, wow, Zoe is always so happy and all that. It took a lot of work and a lot of, you know, uh, doing a lot of the stuff that Abba is talking about and most importantly, talking about them, just talking about them. My sisters and I, we... We fight a lot, but we also share a lot. We just talk a lot. Please don't shut yourself in. No, um, don't do that. Don't <laughs> shut yourself in. Don't do that. And, and I think the other part of being compassionate, I just want to say this, is that healing is not a linear journey. You move on and then you realize that, ah, there was a, there's something was a little bit, maybe because of that program and that happened when I was a child. So then you, you, you move forward a little bit more. And so it's a day by day journey. Be compassionate with yourself. Like Adele said, go easy. Go, go easy on me, baby. Wow. Easy on that wow. inner child. You are grown, but they may not be. They may be five years old and in that place. Yeah. Wow. This has been such a powerful, powerful session. Um, and I love what storytelling does. We kind of just had a framework, not necessarily 
you know, saying this is how we're going to direct it. But the stories themselves have legs. They go where they want to go. And I am so glad that we got to do this. And thank you for saying yes. And thank you for being one of the most authentic people I know. Just listen, sometimes when Abba says, how are you? You kind of have to take a step back and then try to consider how to answer that I am fine. Because sometimes just answering I am fine and an hour later you realize, wait a minute, I'm still answering that very question. I'm fine. I don't like this. <laughs> She's that good. Um, and Abba is based out of Florida and I know she didn't ask me to do this, but since we're here and we're breaking cycles and breaking uh, trends and, and, and just rediscovering our younger selves, I think she is a wonderful resource um, to help you get there. And so for those of you who are in that area, and I don't know how it works with, we're not going to go into it, you know, because we're in the Western world. And so there's all kinds of things that go into it, insurances and all kinds of things. Um, but if you are able to, I would definitely tell you, reach out to Abba and, and you know, just get talking with her. Don't consider it therapy. Just consider it as you found a friend who you're talking to and you appreciate her so much, you're going to give her a little bit of your savings or your earnings as <laughs> she's talking to you. Let's put it that way. Um, there's so many comments here. Um, bro, Auntie Rose, <laughs> Rose Machayo, man, I love this woman, but she says, I thought you were making a powerful statement with your hair. I really was actually when I got that haircut, another scar that most people don't know. So I don't have a lot of very beautiful, what they call baby hair. So back in the day when you would perm your hair, my goodness, it was not a pretty sight. One day through God and again, staring in the mirror, I said, just cut it off. All of this shakara, why? So I did. And it was the best compliment my father ever gave me. He said, now you are ready for Hollywood. Wow. It feels so good inside. Wow. And um, it's become my signature look definitely. So out of the ashes, we always rise. Uh, let's see. Joyce Odumpton says, many thanks for sharing. Nala Miyako Kent, thank you enough for letting me join this morning. Bless you all, beautiful ladies. Thank you so much, thank guys. You, Joyce. Thank you. I'm glad it helped you. <laughs> yes, yes. It's just been so powerful. To them. There's so many important comments that we definitely missed. Uh, another one is the destructive words spoken by the grown-ups to a child are really the enemy using the adults to try and annihilate. My goodness, what a powerful word. <laughs> God's future plan for the child. Adults may not even know they are being used by the enemy. Sometimes that's true. Thank you. Uh, thank God you were able to forgive your mom. She didn't know any better. That is true. Can I comment? Can I? I feel like I want to comment on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when we know better, we do better. And actually, psychologists have found, as they're saying, somebody says, no one escapes their childhood unscathed. And I think the point is that we didn't come from perfect, we're not perfect people, no. we didn't come from yes. per perfect parents, and they didn't come from perfect parents. So yes. even the best of us makes mistakes mm -hmm. and, and, and can impact, you know, um, our, our young children. Unfortunately, that, that is what happens. Now we can get better and continue to do better, you know. Um, and so we, we want to go a bit easy on our parents as well, you know, yes. Um, yes. because they, they can only give you what they know. 
And certainly a generation ago, I know there's so much more than we know now that they didn't know. You know, yeah, that they didn't know. Um, there's a there's a lady who I'm going to be collaborating with more next year. She's a social worker. Her name is Risi Kari. <clears throat> if anybody's on Clubhouse, look for her. Her name is Risi Kari, and she's already doing it. But she she goes through like a whole emotional processing, and she even has a separate program. She's been saying, "Abba, come and join me. Let's because th 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 there's a need." And she'll take you through mother wounds father wounds because again you see sometimes the things we are manifest that's the other thing you've seen them generations and so sometimes even understanding what they went through can give an insight into yourself too of course that's all deep 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 stuff of healing but i guess there's one thing you can remember today is honor your inner child yes. listen to your inner child and maybe start by investing in yourself and yes. a professional to hear your story and help you navigate the journey to healing, sometimes it can be lifelong, but that's okay. Every day we hear something, we become better, we do better, and we move on. Yeah. Um, we can continue going um, and just keep going and, and just keep going. We are almost three minutes to, uh, you know, an hour, 30 minutes. So we're going to try to kind of slow our roll a little bit. And uh, I will share a happy story Um to kind of end it. Uh, and hopefully Abba is not looking and saying, oh, there is some, there's some minefield there. At least in my mind, it's a happy story. Um, <laughs> back in the day, again, in, in Boku Central, my, my dad, you know, cause he would travel a lot. He used to have a, this brown car. It's like a Toyota, I think it was a Carina. You know, for those of you who remember what a Carina is, it's a very old, ugly looking thing, but it was his car. He'd worked hard for it. But one of the earliest memories I have is on Fridays, because at the time he was still a Muslim. And um, Fridays, Muslim uh, Islamic people, they do what they call sadaqa. Sadaqa is going out into the neighborhood and giving to those who do not have, you know, beggars and, and, and people out in the, in the community. And there was a Either I remember it used to be Masa and some other things that we would, you know, share. Now, one time, it must have been in the marketplace or something. Now, a bunch of people saw my dad's Toyota Carina just driving down. And it was the most amazing thing to see how they were running after the car and a little translation, they were, most of them were just shouting, Mr. Goodman is here, Mr. Goodman is here. And I felt so good about that. I knew nothing about religion. I didn't know even what we were doing. I didn't understand the import or impact of it. The only thing I remember is the ringing in my ear, Mr. Goodman is here, Mr. Goodman is here. And everybody was just so excited and getting out of the car and he, him popping up the trunk. And, you know, I think it's the happiest. I, I really, the, the face and him giving things out very, it seemed almost indifferent because for him, why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? And and I'm, I'm telling this story for me, it has helped me become a better, good person, if that makes sense. 
Exactly. Yes, a good woman. <laughs> if if you're doing good for people, no matter how little, whether you acknowledge it or not, you will eventually just be a happy person. That's just what it was. Mm-hmm. And he didn't share stories with his words or voice, um, but the act of it was in itself storytelling. Yes. What are you doing in your actions uh, that could tell a story to somebody? Mm -hmm. Uh, The other day, someone reached out to my sister on the internet because they found out that my father was her father. And the person proceeded to tell the most amazing story and then proceeded to say, I want to send you money to give to your dad. You don't know what he did for me. He never really said anything. All he did was buy me lunch every day. He didn't know how hungry I was and how much I didn't have at the time. So what are your actions doing? What are you giving to people? Uh, We're doing it with our words, but please let your actions also speak. Um, Every day we live, we're writing a story. Every day, every action we take, every thought we have, we are writing a story. Right. And so in fact, even when you go through something difficult or you hit a crossroads, you only this is only chapter five in my in my 50s. It's only chapter five. Right. But Brene Brown says this when we deny our stories, they define us. When we own our stories, we get to write a brave new ending. Yes. And Zoe is telling us, understand your stories, share them, get to know yourself, but understand that you have the power with God on your side to write a brave new ending. It doesn't matter what you went through, what you experienced, whether the fault was that somebody did something bad to you or whether, you know, uh, you did something wrong too. Because you know what, we've all done things we're not proud of. This is only for some people, chapter three or chapter four, chapter five. You have the opportunity today to begin to write that story and write a brave. So thank you, Zoe, for week in every Tuesday morning at 7.30, reminding us that the opportunity to write our stories. That's what this is all about. So add Hila to your name. (laughs) We'll give that one to God, but definitely I accept it. Yes, learning. Absolutely. Healing storytelling. That's what's been going on. Thank you. Yes, yes. It's that this has been very cathartic. Uh, and in the spirit of that, as Africans and as people of color, uh, just learning to give and take, let, let me uh, offer a few things to you uh, that you can kind of patronize and, and be a part of the community. I'm looking for my cue cards. Um, but um, on Thursdays, we have Margie March, uh, who is another amazing storyteller really because all she does is just bring people from all walks of life to tell their stories in their chosen fields and all that um please 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 log in uh on the internet on youtube on facebook humanity chats by margie march um let's see core designs whom i absolutely love i had the most amazing dream um this morning actually and i i was wearing one of the earrings in that dream uh, she is an, an incredible designer. Please, please, please find her on the internet and patronize her. Music for your quality feet. My goodness, Angola Coffee Show. Yesterday I was <laughs> I was complaining. I said, if I don't wake up to my younger self, I'm going to tell people to call you because, you know, he just 
loves music so much and he's managed to just gather around him a group of people who absolutely are into music and all we do on Sundays is get together enjoy good music and then also tell stories it's incredible and i got to hear you yes I, know. i got to be a part of that magic last uh this just this past sunday uh, and i just felt so incredible thank you so much for doing it every sunday at 4 p.m. est uh and whatever time zone you're in please calculate that and join music for your quality feed on youtube and facebook and all other places i think on that day radio um and all other places you will not regret it it's just good fun and good people i got to you know be put alongside one of my biggest crushes kofi kinata it was just so much fun and you know i kept saying to my younger self look at you look at you wow <laughs> it was just incredible so you know please please look up music for your quality feet um m sims you know mabel simpson also another young woman doing incredible things for ghana and for africa for that matter please patronize her things clatural is out here in new york doing incredible things when i see her designs i'm like whoo I need a lot of recalibrations in order to be in this attire like seriously she is just taking it to a different level um rile by design let me tell you uh, i was just reading in something and someone was saying how there's machines now or robots that are you know trying to replicate some designs and they're going to be taking jobs away and all that listen for africans you can never have a one size fit all design it's not possible okay and so if you're in new york and you need a dress fitted you need a you know anything that is fitted for you and your body type rile by designs coming out of nyack you do want to reach out to her avonzige bridal wear keys and credo our brother our friend nana sapo i think he's having a pop up uh, in a week or two in the dmv area i know msnn is going to bring us some news about that so we're looking forward to it horseman shoes of course my big brother nana redamwa and um kofia pagli of uh, the book nook team all things books all things audio we are taking the world by storm they are they 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 they, they ship everywhere in the world okay so you do not want to go other places to order your books when you can do it on book nook okay um Kunda kids they're going to be coming on later in this September and we're going to have a great time they their platform owned by a Nigerian and I believe a, a Gambian and uh they are doing for us what Peppa Pig is doing for our kids now okay we need to recalibrate our thoughts for our kids and Kunda kids is doing that so yeah to our monthly donors you guys man man Auntie Rose Machayo, thank you. You are dedicated to this. I cannot thank you enough. Um, Jane Fiorito, man, this woman is traveling out somewhere in Africa and she's still sending in donations. I want to say thank you. Auntie B, I want to thank you. Mr. EKD, thank you. Thank you so much for your donation. For everyone who's sending us stars consistently uh, over the last couple of weeks since we started accepting stars, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Now that housekeeping is done, guys, next week we have a giant of a giant of a giant storyteller. He just celebrated his 50 years of telling incredible fascinating 
personally deep stories on stage. Uncle Ebo White. Listen, just saying the name is making me feel some way. It's going to be on to my younger self. Do you even know what that means? Imagine, and I'm not even comparing them because in my mind, they're not the same at all. But imagine if we said, hmm, Tyler Perry is passing by. Yeah, sure. But for those of you who think Tyler Perry is that, add another that and then stretch it. And that's who Uncle Lebo White is to most Ghanaians and um, to most Africans. And he's going to be here just telling us story after story after story. You do not, I promise you, you do not want to miss Uncle Lebo White onto my younger self. It, this is a defining moment for us, okay? Um, for those of you who share our, our, our this platform, I see that Nala Miyoko today, you shared a lot. A lot of people are saying thank you to you for sharing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's keep telling stories. Let's keep appreciating who we were and who we want to be by telling our stories. Abba, I'm going to let you say the last word. You know, I, I don't th I think my job is done. All I want to say is let's honor our younger selves by listening to ourselves tell us the stories of our lives. Uh, they are not silly stories. In actual fact, they are impactful because they tell us about ourselves and tell us about, uh, may direct us towards our purpose. Be compassionate with the younger self. And I think the greatest gift you can give somebody is to sit down with them and offer them your undivided attention and listen to their stories. Stories are gold. Stories pass down legacies from parents to child to, to grandchild. So let's create a culture of storytelling in our lives. Not only will it help us bond, but most importantly, it will help us heal and then help us direct the course of our futures. So lots of love to you all. And uh, let's go out and all be storytellers. Wow. What a powerful way to go out. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, being at the Helm of Affairs this morning. My name is Zoe Baraka. Um, and I've been in the studio with the phenomenally amazing, powerful woman that she is. My personal psychotherapist, I tell you, man, I have not been the same ever since I've known her. Lady Abakito under herself. Guys, we love you dearly. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week with Uncle Ebo White. Bye-bye. Bye.